Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 4 of my podcast Expanding. Thank you so much for taking the time for my creative outlet and listening to my guests. I hope you're well. Today's episode is with Karen Dempsey. She's currently working as a psychotherapist and a celebrant. She very honestly shares her experience of life in the last year and how creating a nest at home has helped her with current challenges. Enjoy the episode and have a great day. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, Boyana. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. Um, this is a really um, open you know, conversation to, um, I'm, I'm keen to connect with people during these times. It really helps me to, to feel that there's more beyond the four walls and the house and the rooms. And yeah. I have some adult conversation and just to, to see how you're keeping, how things have been for you work-wise and at home. And um, my idea with this is to um, highlight any challenges and any achievements. How do you deal with challenges when they come up and how do you celebrate? As I think it's very important as well but I don't always focus on those <laughs> quickly <laughs> go, go past. So that's why I, I am keen to connect with like-minded people. And I've learned a lot from you and we're currently doing a course that you, you're uh, facilitating, which I'm really enjoying the celebrant course. And um, in that respect, I, I was really keen to invite you to my podcast episode number four. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> so welcome. I don't know um, what you feel comfortable sharing, uh, but yeah, I'm cur curious to find out how the last year has been for you. Year, imagine. Um, it's funny as you were speaking to me, I was, you know, I, as you were giving me an idea of what we'd be talking about, I was thinking, hmm, am I going to be any kind of a role model here? <laughs> and then, I, but the thing is doesn't matter um because the lovely thing is it's an open question and I think sometimes what can be most helpful is just the honest answer um and before you start yeah. I feel like if I'm introducing somebody I put words to you know draw their picture or their profile or whatever so I don't feel comfortable doing that so I would like you to hmm. introduce yourself the way you feel in your in your position in your in your image in your um, expression so go ahead with that first so and i don't understand why because it's such a i always, even my own self i go <laughs> so many things um so i often put it in a nutshell that i my kind of trajectory of my career has gone body mind spirit and then everything else um so i started out as a nurse i did, started nurse training when i was 17 qualified when I was 20, went straight into the hospice, was working as a hospice home care nurse and an earning as flight attendant. And then I went into the rotunda and was working with, <laughs> with um, midwifery and newborn babies. So it was kind of a very intense start to my career because it was birth and death yeah. um, in a nutshell and the two vast polarities of life. But it was amazing because at that stage, I set myself up for just a fascinating journey of exploring all of this. Um, 
and the one thing I always say is so many things about our lives only make sense in hindsight mm. um, and as I went along I really realized this because my next step then was having done so much about the physical world I realized there's so much about the psychology of our bodies that when you just study the body you don't you miss out a lot of the mind and they really need to be one system mm. so I went and did a master's in psychotherapy which took me four years was incredible but huge work and a phenomenal, I mean, there's a whole story in that, which I can do another time, <laughs> how it happened and all the little miracles that happened along the way. Um, but that was my body part followed by the mind part. And at the end of that, I went still more. So I went and trained as an interfaith minister and that was my spiritual part. <laughs> and that was two years in London. Um, and at the end of that, I realized, okay, I've done all this now. Actually, these questions I have are still pretty much the same questions, <laughs> but I just know that I, there's no real answers. That's the thing. We can try and academically answer questions, but the great existential questions of life are, we all have a slightly different one for ourselves yeah. and they remain their lifelong questions. Um, so now I work as a psychotherapist and a celebrant. They're my, a celebrant actually, celebrancy now is my main um, source of income. Great. And I love it because to me, it allows me to exist in this world between worlds in this kind of really liminal space where you're working with people on the edge of of their normal life like whether it's a wedding or a funeral or a baby naming or anything when you work in celebrancy you're able to actually invite people to look at their lives through a slightly different lens and then to explore that in the presence of their family friends and family um so it's gorgeous i love it and then with the psychotherapy i kind of step in and out of that as as time goes on um but it very much informs how i work through the ceremonies and then with the celebrant training i i'm loving that so much because it's a new role yeah yeah it's a new role and it's one that's been kind of knocking at my door for a while and the world needs so much more of this kind of celebrancy um i mean i did a i did a ceremony at the weekend and it was for a couple there was only six guests no sorry there was only six people there was a couple themselves and their two sets of parents so the couple themselves and four guests and one of the couple one of the the groom his parents were quite religious so they were a little bit apprehensive about having a ceremony um having a ceremony that was what they saw as you know not religious and you know what was the point was kind of their attitude and it don't be an attitude but it was you know they were just a little bit disappointed it wasn't going to be in their traditional faith yeah, path yeah. ceremony um so on the day we had the ceremony they were lovely everybody was very lovely we had a beautiful ceremony so tiny they had their two dogs there as well <laughs> so uh it was really 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 sweet really beautiful gorgeous couple we made a beautiful ceremony and shared it with the family and the guests on zoom and at the end of it the groom's father came up and said to me, um, a really elderly man said, I have a mask and I can't can't shake your hand, but I'd love to shake your hand. And he said, um, I've been to one wedding like this before and I really didn't, I didn't like it. It was too cold. But he said, um, this one was perfect. I loved it. And he said, I'm going to pray for you so that you can continue to do this work in the world. <laughs> I thought, could there ever be a nicer compliment from someone that he's actually going to pray for me to do more work rather than hope that everybody goes to his particular, you know, exactly. church. 
um such a generous lovely thing to say um so that just in a nutshell I think it's just a glimpse into what it is that makes work at the moment so fabulous amazing um and that's I tied on to the end of my introduction but I think your question in the beginning was about the year of you know yeah, how it's it been, been yeah. work-wise yeah. and that and because it's been ceremonies it's been quite bleak there's nearly like all of them pretty much moved um from 2020 into 2021 and now with what's happening actually most people are moving from 2021 into 2022 yeah. so we're going to have a tsunami of <laughs> ceremonies in 2022 where it's like three years worth of ceremonies trying to squeeze into a vacuum into over the last one. yeah it's like a vacuum and everybody wants a friday and a saturday in june july or august <laughs> like that's one of the great conundrums of the ceremony year um so yes it's a great time to be stepping into this role because the vacuum needs to be filled um but uh but that meant so because all of that work moved forward it was great that it wasn't cancelled that it's just been postponed but i think the great word that everybody was hearing last year was pivot yeah <laughs> it was like what are you doing right now how can you pivot to make that suddenly fit the the new world of the whole what's going on in the, in the whole world um and i think for me and for lots and lots of people i know i'm not alone in the beginning i went oh my god okay i better do this da, 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 da. and then as the lockdowns and the various things began to settle into our bones <laughs> i started going oh i don't know you know you put all this energy into this trying to pivot and trying to keep going and trying to mm -hmm. maintain a pace but there was a really strong feeling of ah oh, what's actually the point you know well oh. um and it wasn't part of it i think wasn't even so much that noise i just made that well noise it was more i kind of want to just meet the energy of this with the energy that is coming and go into hibernation yeah just press pause close my front door as we're being told to do close my front door go into my house my house was like a bomb site and is still but what really helped me was I started to think of my home as a nest. Mm. Um, so rather than it be this pristine, you know, as we see on Instagram and Pinterest and all this, you know, it's where's your storage and uh, you should have things, everything should have its place. <laughs> a lot of things, their place became the floor. <laughs> and this is a very honest interview. <laughs> their place became the floor. Um, things just began to find a natural home in various places that I wouldn't have actually chosen if it was my normal yeah, yeah, house that has people going in and out. I think there's something with the energetic movement that happens yeah, through a house every day when everybody's going in and out and doing their thing out in the world. But when that stops and everybody is suddenly at home, there isn't the same movement. And it's something that we put down somewhere and actually not move for days. You know, it's really, it's a really kind of interesting thing to look at. Um, but yeah, when I started thinking of it as a nest, that really all that mattered was, is it cozy? Is it safe? Um, and is everybody in it safe and fed and warm? Oh. Um, and and it's, it would just really kind of helped. And it's, you know, it's really nice to say this out loud because I've never said this out loud. This is actually <laughs> breaking news. Um, <laughs> but even to myself, I've never really acknowledged it out loud mm -hmm. that that's yeah. how we shifted. Um, and yeah, it really worked. And then it meant that I kind of, I was able then to slow my pace to match what felt right, to just do the bits of work that were coming in. Um, 
some people stayed, some people went ahead with their ceremony at six people, um, which is beautiful. Yeah. And I did now, I, I was, I found it hard sometimes to actually put on nice clothes and go out and step into the zone of, now we're going to hold a ceremony because I hadn't spoke to anybody probably in days and then yeah. <laughs> people. But that's the gift of, that's the gift of the work as well, is that, you know, you just, you do it and it's like magic and it happens and it works. Um, but also the thing that happened there was because I kind of stepped into a different momentum. Um, when we did get COVID in the house and my husband and my mother both got it very badly, as yeah. you know, um, they were both hospitalized and it was oh, just the strangest time. But at the same time, there was nothing to do except stay home even more so at that point because then we were on this really long 17 day yeah, extended yeah, yeah. isolation and I have a two-year-old and a 15-year-old um as you know but uh for anybody that doesn't so a toddler and a teen sick daddy sick my granny my mother oh, um, distance, yeah. Yeah. oh and the, the hardest part I found was not being able to go and get the groceries because I couldn't, it was very hard to get slots online because at the time, er, so many people were sick with this. So, yeah. so many people were in the same boat. It was really hard to get slots online. People were really kind and offering to go and get things. Yeah. But it's actually, I found it really hard to tell, you know, to actually give a list or to, because exactly. you kind of don't really know what you want until yeah. you can go and actually look at it. That's how I realized that's how I kind of work. Some people are great off lists. I'm not so great off a list. <laughs> um, and there was a part as well, I, I kind of struggled with the giving other people work. I could give a small amount and say, would you mind getting us bread and milk and a few basics like that? Yeah. But I didn't, I felt it was a lot to ask somebody to go and do an actual full shop with, you know, all yeah. the finer details in it, because it's a lot to do your own shop. But when you're shopping for somebody else who has unfamiliar things. Exactly, oh, yeah, the brand or the specific. The brand, yeah, and... And it's not for one day, right? It's not okay. Yeah. Just today we need bread and ham and cheese for sandwiches. Yeah, this is dinner yeah. is for seven. <laughs> exactly. And we were trying to not live off takeaways, but also I just accepted. You know what? We are going to live off takeaways for a little while, and and it was nice actually because doing that, handing that over, I mean, like, right, we're just going to on the days that are takeaway day, we just do that. It meant that I got the energy back for actually being like, right, we're going to cook a dinner now today. Wow. Um, so I started using the freezer a lot more and and you know what the time passed and eventually thankfully they're both well which is a huge gift and blessing because I know Amazing. lots of families didn't have that outcome um when I say they're both well they're both well Lima's back to work now which is great um yeah still very tired he's gone to bed he came he, he's postman so works very early in the morning goes in at 5 a.m so he's just got home there and is in bed and um, my mother is very, very slow with recovery, really slow. She's really frustrated with that. But um, but she's out of hospital and she's doing as well as can be expected, really. Yeah. So it's a really so good that. insight into because I find it very it's not normalized for me yet what COVID mm. looks like. And I only see it on the television or a friend of a friend of a friend that you never mm. really believe that story mm. or if it feels too far so uh hearing from you and hearing from other close people it normalizes it for me that it's not this horrendous sometimes we make it worse in our heads 
mm -hmm. a very kind of um, a real insight of what it was for you. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's the same for everybody, but it's it, mm. it just normalizes it. It just goes, okay, I know. And the, the, I know. the one thing that I found really interesting was, um, in hindsight, <laughs> I found it really interesting, is that Salim and my mother both got it really badly. Um, like he was so sick, really high temperature, couldn't breathe. We had to get the, the fingertip pulse oximeter, which I really recommend. Have a have an idea of somebody that has one because I have one. If anybody needs to borrow it, um, but they're hard to get because suddenly you realize, oh my god, I, I'd like to know what his oxygen. Now I know I have a nursing background, but I think most people are kind of familiar with the whole idea of oxygen levels in the blood now that we have yeah. COVID. Um, so yeah, he got really sick and was coughing and all of that, went to hospital and they kept him in. So I thought, right, how on earth could we not get it? Because we've been in, you know, I share in a room, sharing a bed with Salim, as he was coughing through the night, uh, in the, with the living room with the kids, we'd be watching movies all on the one couch, you know, <laughs> cuddled up under one blanket. I was like, how? We've all been extremely exposed to this um, COVID. So with the, the really interesting thing for me was that he got it and he got it so badly but actually we didn't we didn't get it all you know we weren't tested because they weren't doing close contact testing and we weren't symptomatic so we may have got a very mild dose and just not had symptoms but you can't tell who's going to get it really badly and who's who is going to just glance off which is why obviously we all need to be equally so careful with it but also to not lose hope that it's not a case that if somebody if you are beside somebody who has it it doesn't actually necessarily mean you're going to get it really badly um it's just so strange if you could just yeah. somehow predict and <laughs> um, that's what science to, does i know they're working on it um exactly it's very hard to uh, for the scientists to make sense of it. it's very hard for us as a everyday life um, brain to make sense yeah. of it and um make the one thing that helped me make a little bit of sense of it was once we realized because when he went for a test we were like probably everybody going it's you know it's at this point he wasn't very sick at this point he just had the cough um and it was just the one symptom the annoying cough that you know we're like right well off you go and get tested and he, he was still going oh you know i'm fine i'm fine and nobody else has any symptoms so it must be fine um but thankfully he did get the test and um from there was when he got ill but um the one thing at the time i was like oh we probably should isolate from now because he's getting the test but we kind of just waited until we heard the result because we all thought it was going to be negative yeah. um, and that's another reason get the bloody test <laughs> like it, it starts off so slowly um, so we only started isolating from him once he got the positive test and the one thing that helped me understand it was around the idea of viral load that, that's what they're looking at that um when you when your body is assaulted with a large amount of the virus it can really in, exacerbate the course of the illness whereas if you can keep your viral load low it might not be so intense now I really don't mean to be saying this as medical advice or anything like that but it just helped my mind to, to be like right actually you know what anything we can do to minimize our exposure to this we will do um so we did it at that point but yeah thankfully didn't didn't actually succumb I don't want to say succumb <laughs> because people don't have any it's not really about yeah any form of choice or strength or weakness or anything but um yeah, we didn't actually get it, so. It's a really interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Karen. No, you're welcome. If it helps anybody, I would have, at the time, I think it would have really helped me to hear 
a story of a household that didn't get entirely affected by it because I, I really thought, oh, this is it. Once it, once it gets into the house, that's it. Everybody's going to get sick. So a little ray of hope possibly for somebody else that might be just placing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, thank you for sharing. And how about, um, did you in particular, something really helped you through those two weeks or in regards to the whole year that you found like a, a very practical tip that maybe somebody listening now might be going through it or just having a, a tough day would you have anything that you you feel you would like to share hmm. i think probably what i did that helped me was so i think one of the things that can that can overwhelm people and make make everything seem worse is when you have that real sense of everything being out of control yeah um so it is really important to make a little inventory of what is under my control and what is not under my control okay and one of the things that i did was i made a conscious decision that i am going to make my world small and um, so while this is going on my world became the four walls of this house and the people inside it and yes my family outside it but even at that, I found Zooms got a bit intense and yeah. the, the pull to be checking on other people all the time. I did find that a bit of a, and it, it sounds because we are conditioned in all these ways. It, even as I say, and it sounds a bit selfish to say, I didn't really want to be Zooming with people because A, there is no news. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Um, I have a toddler who just does not like Zoom calls and doesn't <laughs> like to be told to perform for you know relatives who happen to want to ring because it, it doesn't work like that yeah. um so kind of the expectation of other people versus what was doable i just decided i'm closing down my world to, to be much smaller okay. um and i know it's not quite as simple as that but it just helped me to just manage yeah. it and to help it helped me to feel like that was something that was under my control it wasn't that some third party or some you know outside agency is has put up a wall around my house I actually said, no, it's not that. It's actually that I'm deciding to keep myself in and keep everybody in to, to keep them safe and to keep everybody else outside safe as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that kind of thing, finding a way of helping yourself to feel like this is under your control or what element of it is under your control. Um, and I'm thinking, cool? as I say, that there could be people listening to this going, it's not under my control. Ah! But that's OK, because you can find something that you feel is yeah. under your control. Um, it's both from it's not under control let it go exactly yeah from a from a physical point of view as well as a mental health point of view that as much as it's about physically okay we're all told to stay um in and you know reduce our contact but also on a mental health point of view like you said even when we're scrolling through social media and that it can still feel overwhelming yeah and what is happening as well at the moment is the kind of pol polarity between mm -hmm. people who have the mindset and i would say my own bias is towards the science and towards um let's get the vaccinations let's keep ourselves locked down let's do what we need to do to just get this under control and then we can go back to life versus the people who are more inclined to say no 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 it's it's this is a big plan and this is you know there's a conspiracy and um and I, i'm trying to say this without putting judgment in onto it um but there are people who are really really angry about what's going on and they really really believe it's wrong um and what's happening is this can cause 
I mean, it could be that your family, you're on one side of this yeah. and your family are on the other. And yeah. that causes potentially a big rupture. Um, I think one of the things maybe, oh, it, it's a really tough one because people generally are really invested in whichever part, whichever camp they're in. Um, I think part of it is kind of, if you want to maintain a relationship, remembering that whoever, whatever the person's outlook is, the person is the same person. They always had that outlook potentially. Um, it's just you didn't know about it. So, uh, <laughs> and do you also find, I think, that none of us are normal right now, that we're all yeah. pushed to these extremes and or we find kind of like that solution or comfort in these really extreme views rather yeah. than what view I had 12 months ago now is, is really twisted or in a different way so I find that like that when I come across somebody that I don't agree with or that they're doing something that seems strange I'm kind of like they're not their normal self yeah. <laughs> they're struggling <laughs> with something or you know that's their way of coping that's how I'm explaining to myself that's their way of coping yeah yeah I mean it's a really really tough one none of us have been in a pandemic before none of us yeah. I don't think really thought we were going to ever be in a pandemic and actually when I you say even saying that aloud, I, I would think I would have thought if you said to me a couple of years ago there's going to be a pandemic in 2020 I think I probably would have thought oh well I mean we have everything in place we can handle that you know it is a great reminder that we don't have a handle on nature and on you know these little microorganisms that may be so tiny but we can't it's, it's just a great leveler and a reminder that human beings are not <laughs> the be all and the end all when it comes to life on earth. Um, so, yeah, so I think people are all in this kind of heightened place of finding their own coping mechanism and, um, and finding their own coping mechanism, but you're right in that social media then is creating avenues that maybe wouldn't be there otherwise yeah. for people to latch onto and say, yes, that person is saying something that kind of resonates with what I think. I'm going to follow that path. And then suddenly they're off into different um, lands <laughs> where they may not have been if it wasn't for social media. But at the same time, actually, that, there's been always versions of that all the way through <laughs> humankind. We've yeah. always had some way of spreading words and spreading conspiracies um, or spreading various interpretations of what's going on in the world. That's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And I think all we can really do, I mean, it's, it's a really tough one and it's a huge question and there's no answer. Um, to me, I actually, sometimes when I find my brain trying to find an answer, I just bring it back and I'm like, you can, you can, I'm going to say waste your time. You can waste your time going out there with your feelers into the universe for the answer to this. It's not there and it's not yours to find. And I can just bring it right back to my own life and what is under my control here yeah. and now. <laughs> That's, that's oh. great. <laughs> it's great to hear that. And um, I don't, I, I'm conscious of time and the same with in my household, uh, the, the time is limited without interruption. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> we're doing fantastic so far. <laughs> Nobody's walked in without pants, so that's good. <laughs> but um, uh, if you um, would like to share how people can reach out to you if they wanted to have a ceremony held by you or where they can find uh, maybe more about your style and your way of working and they can then uh, see if they want to connect and proceed with um, with a uh, inquiry with you uh, 
Um, can you share the details where uh, yeah. people can find you? And it's timely because I'm literally on the cusp again after this whole year. I'm on the cusp of deciding what am I doing with my work? <laughs> so my main website is karendempsey.ie. So that's okay. nice and simple. Um, and notes. everything will be on there and you can contact me through there. So the, the training and the ceremonies are all there. But there will be another little side website coming soon, which will have kind of the more specific um yeah, kind of more specific to the celebrant training side of things okay. and, and all that, because it's just an awful lot to put on one site. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, ask you whether you, you are intending to do more trainings. Uh, mm. Where do you see your um, going forward, your work with that? It's really interesting, actually, breaking news at the moment is I'm looking at the inquiries. So I haven't pulled out anything. I haven't said, please contact me if you're interested in training. Um, and because I'm still working on it all behind the scenes but I'm getting all these inquiries coming in and what is really interesting is it's so helpful because it helps me to see who is out there and who's looking for what and market them, research is coming to you I'm doing yeah, my market, market research actually knocking on my door and coming in my inbox <laughs> but some of it is I, I actually see what people are looking for and I'm like ah I don't that's that's not what I want to offer yeah. some of it being too conservative and some of it being too woo, out there yeah. uh conspiracy theory land where yeah. so my thing is I want to be really clear about what it is that I offer and the style that I that I give so that's why I'm thinking actually I was going to have it all on one website but um but I think I'll keep my ceremonies <laughs> it's probably advice that I would give opposite to people <laughs> but um because I've been back and forward I've been trying to get it all into one website and it's just not really the jigsaw isn't quite working yeah. um so yeah, so for the if you if you actually want a better taste of the style of what I'm doing, feministry.ie is okay. the is the site that I'm I had and I was moving away from, but I think now I'm gonna reinvigorate it and come back okay. because the word feministry contains the word feminist and helps people to say that if you're coming from a very patriarchal view of ceremonies and marriage and that kind of thing, this is not gonna be the training for you unless you are ready to step into a whole new worldview, in which case, oh my god, absolutely welcome. Um and likewise, I just think if people are very, very out there and how they see the world, um, yeah, that they can have just a little, I, that I can give a little idea of um, what they might expect to be held and what might be just a bit. <laughs> I mean, so I, to give an example, I got one inquiry where I came back and said, look, and I'm actually right now not, um, I haven't got the information to send you right now with the next course, but um I'll come back to you. And I said, my, I've had a couple of family members that were very ill with COVID. Um, and the response came back along the lines of, um, it was something very, they, it showed me very clearly they didn't believe the COVID was real. Okay. Um, and I went, oh, that's not really, I don't have the capacity to actually entertain yeah, that kind yeah, of exactly. right yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, I, I just sent back, look, you know, I'll send you the website when it's done. And I will, I will send that person the website so that they can see what it is they're signing up to. and if they still want to great but I just think it's an easier way to give people an idea and what was the actual question there Brianna my god I went off on a side tangent how to how people can connect with you and how um they can see your style of work ah yes um, yes yes my I, style of work. that's for me um it's it's I'm, I'm starting a new business now so I feel like oh I can work with anybody and then you kind of pull back no no you have a style and mm. you're in a position regardless that I have no clients yet and I have no income, it doesn't mean I have to 
take everything that's coming and it's not going to be a good match for them. They, they, they're going to realize I'm not the right character for them or the, they're not going to relate to me. And also then there will be, you know, a struggle. We're not going to achieve results as such. So, yeah. Um, and from a self-employed perspective, I definitely learned that lesson back in the beginning because you, it will knock your confidence. It exactly. knocked my confidence yeah, yeah. hugely back in the beginning because I was like, work is work. I'll just, you know, somebody comes to me, great, I'll take them. Um, and it is, and I, I advocate for taking, yeah, if it's appropriate work, but some of it, if you have that gut feeling that it's not right for you, the worst thing that people, yeah, it can, it can just really knock your confidence in the beginning. Yeah. If you know that the person isn't for you and you disregard your instinct and because okay. oh, it's we're fragile we're fragile creatures we need to be yeah that's it and i feel minder, like yeah with work sense. with um our it's it's our labor is so connected to us so we really feel it's part of us so any feedback that it's not supporting as such that it, it will feel very personal um, yeah exactly no it's, a, it's and we have to be resilient with that as well i mean and not take it too hugely on board but yeah to do what you can in advance to protect yourself <laughs> if possible yeah great great advice okay i'll include both websites in the in the notes and um people actually can... and you know what Brianna, my, my facebook page is probably a good one to pop in there because okay, it's, yeah. it's probably the more accessible one um which is reverend karen feministry Brilliant. on facebook and okay. reverend karen on twitter and insta as well i think oh no the ball princess ball prince ball priestess <laughs> Roisin has been princess mode, but priestess on Twitter and okay. Reverend Karen and everything else. Brilliant. No problem. I'll, I'll probably actually, if you send me all those in case I spell them wrong. Yeah, don't, don't worry. You don't have to the list. Even KarenDempsey.ie and people will find me there because they'll all be linked in. Okay. Hopefully. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Karen. I hope it wasn't, um, uh, you know, taking much of your time. No, really it was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm reinvigorated now going back to my actual life to <laughs> tidy up my office. There, there oh, hello, is, Zoe. There's the Zoe and Daniel is coming in, of course. Hi, Karen. Perfect timing. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Close off the conversation. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much, gorgeous. Karen. Have a great day. You're so welcome. See you soon. Take care. You will. You will. See you, Bye-bye. Can I turn it off? Here we go.